Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. against this. I'm a sneaking and beating and scoping a scene, you know, copping a major dude. When I cut loose this bunch of dweebs, whoa, I'm trying to teach him some rude. Not dog, that is. Here we are. Uh, if somebody says, okay, boomer to you in any level while you're at work and you're over 40, that you can sue oh for ageism. And so I was begging people at Infinity Ward to say it to me, and they did. So now I've got a, I've got a case. Wow. <laughs> to uh, be fair, though, if, if, I, if, if I had a real problem with, with old guy jokes, I work with a lot of 22 to 25-year-olds mm. in the testing departments. Surprise. Um, it, it, I, I have a case. <laughs> just in general. Like, that is just shit. Getting called boomer was kind of a normal thing. <laughs> this is one of those things where, like, I, I'm looking and seeing uh, boomers get all riled up Love when they're it. called OK Boomer. And I'm like, ah, fuck you, old people. The moment someone says that to me, it's going to be a whole different ball game, And all of a sudden, <laughs> I'll find myself in that place. And I, I don't see the thing is, and the reason why it, it's not bad is because they wouldn't just say call me a boomer. Which they would. They'd call each other boomers, too, whenever they did something stupid. Okay. Because boomer has become synonymous with you fucking moron. Right. Uh, yeah. Not even referring to someone's age anymore as far as the, the, the Z, Gen Z graphic demographic goes. And I'm excited about this because the boomers think they know everything and they think that everyone respects them and what have you. And I think they're just now starting to see that everyone just wants them to go away, which has been the case for 20 years. Mm. Yeah. Is Jet... Is Gen Z the placeholder name we have for that, or is that where we've locked it in? Uh, Gen Z have was the placeholder, it? but I think now they're calling them Zoomers. I, that is not going to stay. That is, that is, that is That's why they're going back to Gen Z. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they want to be related to Boomers, so why would you yeah. <laughs> make it rhyme? Only Boomers got to choose their own <laughs> demographic. Well, no, no, not, no generation gets to choose it. They're called baby boomers because their parents oh, fucked a lot a right point. after World War II. That's right. And like that's Gen right. X was like, Nobody like knew what to do with these guys. X, and then we turned it yeah. into extreme, extreme in the 90s. We did. Oh. And Gen Z is like, yeah, you're just fucking Gen X, but less. So it's And millennials are... Well, they were born around the millennium. Oh, yeah, I thought it was... Yeah. Um, or they were, yeah, coming of age in the millennium. You could call millennials 
Gen Y, and that's why the next one is Z. I thought that's well, what yeah, that was the placeholder name. That was the placeholder yeah. name, and the millennials was intended to be a, a fuck you to the generation. So from boomers, yeah. Who's Generation A? Um, oh, that's Adam uh, and Eve. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's biblical. Gen- generation A and Generation E, I guess. I really spaced them out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's totally different from D Generation X, right? Which is, of course, you know, Kevin Nash, uh, Kevin H. Nash. What? Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Fucking, he was in Generation X. He was in X. the Click. He wasn't in... The Click and Generation X is the same goddamn thing. No, 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 no. It was the... Sean Waltman, Billy like Gunn, Road Dog. No, that's like saying Evolution was Degeneration X, just because their oh, no, connections can't, aren't the same can't. thing. This is a wrestling thing? This is a wrestling thing. Yeah, I, I got... You said Triple H. Ah, there it <laughs> is. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I should have... You know what? I should have gone even more nebulous and said Hunter Hearst Helmsley. That would have maybe worked. <laughs> Paul Levesque. Wow. All right, let's start this. Yes, goddamn please. Show. Speaking of extreme, I apologize for being so late. Let's do the thing. Yeah. Um, are we recording, Mr. Clark Chan? We have been. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite GI Joe podcast show that is not talking about GI Joe once again. Chan, we're doing a fan suggestion this time, though. Yeah, yeah. A Patreon. Go to join our Patreon, and you get to uh, uh, suggest things, and we do them sometimes. And you get a lot of t-shirts now. Yeah. We sent out t-shirts to everybody, knowing yeah. it's half the podcast t-shirts, everybody. Mm-hmm. Even if you were in the $5, if there was a $2 zone and you were in it, you got a t-shirt. Now, it might not have fit you, but you got a t-shirt <laughs> in Look, one way or another, call Chan. call the XLs one size fits all. Uh, so Night shirts. Night shirts not, are a thing. If it doesn't fit you, gain weight. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I am Ray Stacanus. I'm Robert Clark Chan. This is Knowing Us Half the Podcast. I think I always forget to say the name of the show. It is not uh, because Gina's at work. Literally. She's literally at work right now. It's the middle of the flipping night and Gina's still at work. So uh, apologies uh, if you came here for for Gina Polito. But you got Gina last week. Yeah. So you didn't get me last week. Yeah. So that's. No, we still call Sorry. that. We still Sorry. call that knowing us have the podcast. <laughs> you are not a vital component of the show. I know it's depressing, but it's a reality I live with. Anyway, we have a very special guest here today. I'm uh, so excited to hear me try to pronounce his name. Yes, <laughs> it's Brian Inseyoung. Inseyoung. God, so close. Inseyoung. That's pretty good, though. I, I got just, close, right? He just said his and name, I, and I wrote and it as Young. I just, it up again. I just literally yipped in the moment. <sighs> I'm just glad you care. Thank you. So, uh, Brian, you were part of the Sweet Virgin Brian podcast, mm-hmm. of which Robert Clark Chan was just on an episode, uh, or right? No, no, you weren't on the episode? No. Well, we'll cut this part then. <laughs> I, well, you said you just don't... Uh, no, you're I, you're I, right, yeah, Chan produces. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> but you're also on a show at the Pack Theater, the Nobody Yell at Me show, mm-hmm. and I love the name of that show. Tell me about both of those projects, please, for the people at home. Well, hmm, well, I guess we'll go in order. The Sweet Virgin Brian is my podcast that I host. It's uh, the show, uh, as the fun tagline, it's the show about love hosted by someone who's never made love. Love it. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's about love, sex, and relationships. I've never been in love. I've never been in a relationship. Never had sex. And for the most, I think entirely for the most part, entirely for the most part, (laughs) I'm so good at talking. Thank God I have a podcast. Uh, I have people who are smarter than me who just like, uh, you know, tell me about their experiences. And in theory, I'm using all of that knowledge and applying it to the real world. We talk about my dating life. I've like had uh, people who are divorced. I have people who are married. I've had a porn star on the show. Holy crap. Porn stuff. 
uh, who, what else? Dating coaches, uh, sex experts, fun stuff like that. They're just like, I'm, it's mostly for me, for me to learn. Right. Before now, I, if, if you, now, if, 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 if the whole thing happens and you get yourself in a relationship, is the show over? No, I mean, I'm in a, yeah, I'm actually in a relationship sort of now. Like, it's, I already feel lied to. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying is, uh, um, yeah, it doesn't, the show doesn't end because I, I said early on, Oh, virginity is so many things. I've never been like yeah, virginity is a construct. Yeah, man. dude, we we're all virgins in one way or another. Exactly, except for Chan. I've nice. done all of the things. <laughs> nice, but uh, yeah, I, I always say like you know I've never had to have the conversation like are we boyfriend girlfriend or whatever. Oof. I've never had to do that. That's gross. Yeah, I've never that. like met a partner's parents. I've never been dumped. Nice. I've never, there's like so many things I haven't done. You know, I, I like that. But stuff is like that. still a thing. All right. Yeah. You know, just because yeah, that's on the that's on the table. Yeah. A lot of stuff. So and, um, you know, how exciting, though, how exciting. And then it's all documented. It's too much. <laughs> honestly, all of this. Well, I appreciate that you have the show, but you don't feel obligated to live the gimmick. Yeah. Uh, early on, someone was like, don't let your uh, uh, dumb gimmick get in the way of your happiness. <laughs> Exactly. Don't be with someone and be like, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready for this. I got a brand to Here's protect. Is that eventually you have to have sex? Otherwise, all of these people who have come in and brought their expertise, brought all of their knowledge and wisdom and whatnot like that. You invalidate them all if you don't That's eventually use yeah. that information to have a fulfilling relationship. Like every episode that you go all of those people are being diminished. And to have that many people who know so much on your side guiding you through it, it's like you couldn't screw it up, <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, it's right there. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, no, trust me. I remember myself in high school and college and my 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 30s. Yeah. Now. Mid to late, yeah. 40s. But today we're talking about the show Rude Dog. Now, this was a fan suggestion off of the Patreon. And I'm going to... I'm going to stop right here. Yes. And I'm going to apologize to you, Brian Ins Young, a sweet, kind human being who... A pure delight. Who I, I said, like, give me some suggestions. You pitched suggestions of shows that you loved as a child, your SpongeBob's, your Fairly Odd Parents, uh, whatnot like that. And, and I said, no. We're gonna watch this trash, <laughs> this utter garbage, no, no, you're, you're... and it's gonna be painful. And n- none of this from here on the rest of the podcast is going to be a torturous experience for all of us. Now wait a minute, Brian. Did you find the Rude Dog cartoon to be a torturous experience? You know what was the most bizarre part about what? Rot- <laughs> it broke my brain. Obviously, <laughs> watching um, Rude Dog and the Dweebs and the Dweebs. Yes. I felt like. Nothing. I watched it and nothing happened to me. But like, it was still negative. It's like I felt like, like I just like ate a bunch of popcorn and I feel sick. But like, I got no nutritional value. But it wasn't mm, like you're still hungry. Yeah, but I'm also still nauseous. hungry. But I was like, I felt like I just like thirty minutes just went by and I was like, what the fuck just happened? It's like Can getting I- your daily caloric intake purely from red vines. It, it, it sure it's there, but it doesn't make you feel good afterwards. Yeah, you don't feel fulfilled. Yeah, that's the thing is that um, like cartoons uh, starting uh, like in the late nineties, the just the 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 number of good shows versus bad shows just got more and more. Uh, there are fewer just like 
flat out not good shows and most shows were at least okay and uh in the 80s that was not the case yeah it just wasn't like they uh reagan lifted the restrictions that allowed uh toy companies to just straight up advertise by making a show about a thing this was based not even on a toy line but on a character a dude created for t-shirts i was going to ask you about this because brian i assume you were not part of the rude dog t-shirt generation no, I was born in 94. Exactly. This was five years before this episode aired. Chen, yeah. do you remember people wearing Rude Dog t-shirts oh, in yes. school? Because I absolutely do. Yes. Yes. The, like, the uh, very like, popular character for like one school year. Yeah. Surf graphics like dominated yep. uh, uh, clothing for kids for a, for a while there. It, you could argue that because that happened in the late 80s and it was a lot of neon pink, neon green, neon mm-hmm. yellow, neon orange. And maybe that helped usher in the 90s being the extreme era it went from rude boy because yeah rude dog is sort of uh based on the uh skater culture idea of like rude boys Mm -hmm. which i think is like a ska thing or you know coming from like uh english the english punk scene and rude dog often was riding a skateboard on the t-shirts yeah 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 and then like yeah there's so many of those graphics of like uh like giant animals or 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 bros who like are ripped and have abs and they're surfing and like being fucking boss and just it it, and it metastasized into the 90s which is a time none of us need to recall i love the 90s please when does big dog come into the picture because i'm more around the same time right around the same time it still exists i have a big dog t-shirt uh, not a, a t-shirt, a, a, um, a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, look at you. In my closet right now. I didn't even realize it was a big dog t-shirt until <laughs> I, I, I think so at some point was like, wait a minute, what are those? And like the, the little graphic that is like repeating tile. If you look closely at it, it's like bamboo so it sort of spells out big dogs. Wow. Like, how, how long have I been wearing this? I didn't even know that. Why aren't you wearing it right now? I I'm guess sorry. is my question. I, I feel I, let down. Yeah. I feel I, a little violated I've by your you clothing choices. <laughs> and I've let the audience down that's listening to this. Guys at home, just imagine that Chan is wearing. Is It's the magic of podcasts. Yeah. It's sure. an audio medium. He is wearing head to toe big dog gear. I, I used to wear, uh, completely unironically, big dog gear. Shirts, uh, pants. I had pants with little volleyballs on them. Oh boy! Uh, underwear, underwear, undergarments. Uh, well, the volleyball pants had that sort of like little mesh thing, so you could like go swimming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like technically, it's kind of underwear. So you don't need underwear when you wear those. No, Perfect. no, just free balling it in the big dog gear. <laughs> just mm. that's how big dogs do it. Magical. I'm yeah, not gonna right? lie, free balling it in the big dog gear. That's our next T-shirt. There it is. <laughs> it's official. Wow. Guys, join the Patreon. Patreon.com. So I guess half the podcast. Next one is the Big Dog Free Balling T-shirt. <laughs> Man, this was just, just, a, and it only made, they only made 13 episodes because. I was curious if it had made a second season and I sort of assumed God, it no. did not. No. Now, um, now the, let's, let's break down what this show is because there is a lot of very talented people <sighs> in voices for the show almost every single person is some level of famous yeah uh, uh we'll get to there in a sec because the overall uh zeitgeist of rude dog is that rude dog is a dog and there are a bunch of other dogs and they live in a like a taxi like the sitcom taxi they live in this like 
garage. I don't it's a, think it's a, they lived in that garage. I think they live actually. in that garage. I'm, I think well, they live in that. But, I mean, that, that's that's where it all takes place is what I'm saying. Sure. In this case, they happen to live in the garage. No, yes. Yeah. Maybe not a taxi. Okay, you're right. But, like, it's, he operates a delivery service. He does it in, like, a pink Cadillac, unless I'm mistaken. That seems yeah. about right. Yeah. And, and, and the other dogs are known as the dweebs, Ooh. and they have no marketable skills whatsoever and just sort of sponge off Root Dog's delivery service. Uh, he's yeah, he's like mentoring them to be cool, kind of in a Ferris Bueller sort of way. Okay, that's the that's the serious goal is to make these dweebs rude. <laughs> I believe so. I'm pretty sure that is what's happening because it's yeah. like I was thinking like, what is their relationship? He's like a father to these other dogs, but they one of them seems older than him. Right. According to yeah. and here's the thing: I accidentally watched the first episode, oh, uh, even after you messaged me and was like i just want to make sure that i watched the right episode i'm like uh then i went to go look and like yeah okay that was the correct one and then i fired it up for myself and i started watching the first episode and i didn't realize so i made it halfway through and i'm like oh god so you watch bonus watch i had to watch more but it was the first episode and they just sort of jump into it there's no like origin story oh cool other than the intro which where like he's like driving in the car and like apparently leaves them behind. I guess they can, all like met up at some point. And can then, we hear a little bit of this theme song? No, because I was no. wildly impressed oh, by it. God I loved this it. theme song. It told me everything. Hey, yo, slam your eyeballs against this. That's it. That's all you can. <laughs> slam your eyeballs against so, this. So I got to say. So and the ro- guitar. <laughs> It made in 1989. Uh, the, the lead, Rude Dog, is voiced by Rob Paulson. Yep. The wildly the legendary. famous, legendary, uh, from Michigan, uh, voice talent, uh, who did uh, Pinky of Pinky and the Brain, Yakko Warner from Animaniacs, and roughly 10 million other characters. Uh, uh, for G.I. Joe fans, he was the voice of Snow Job. It was actually, I think, his first, or one among his very first gigs was G.I. Joe. What a get. Um, and so Rob Paulson is, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, he's doing a Dennis Miller impression. Am I incorrect? Be, uh, because I uh, was born in 1994, I was like, well, this is a great Bill Burr impression. Nope. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> it's a, uh, Wikipedia says it's a Brooklyn accent. I feel like there's just sort of a, um, uh, yeah, like New Yorkers, hey, whoa, I'm walking here kind of attitude that for some reason, um, conveys California surf culture? Question mark? It was weird. It took me half of this first episode to kind of pinpoint what I thought he was doing. And it's just, and it's the fact he is doing that voice, but then he keeps throwing in, yeah, babe. And he keeps saying that kind of shit. And it's just like, oh, he's doing, he's doing Dennis Miller from Weekend Update, which is what was happening at that time on Saturday Night Live. Right around that same time, 1989, I believe. I feel like there was sort of a zeitgeist going on there that both them separately drew off of because it doesn't feel like a straight pull from. I don't know. Uh, it felt real. Can we, can we hear a little bit of Rude Dog talking and maybe we can kind of put this together? Yeah. Yo, Winston, while I'm gone, you're in charge here. Capiche? Capiche? I don't know. That, that to me sounds like Monday Night Football Dennis Miller <laughs> to me, 100%. He sounds like the guy. Um... The kid in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. Rocco. Is that his name? The Are guy who... Sean Penn? No, the guy who like uh, gets Jennifer Jason Lee pregnant. Oh, okay. For okay. Fast Times. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't need to see it now, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Shame. Yeah, you do. I saw There are boobs. When I was in high school, there I saw it, boobs. and there were boobs. Whew. What a, Back in 1982, what a that, was, that was peak culture. 
It was the only culture. <laughs> oh, I missed the uh, monoculture. <laughs> um, yeah, but like uh, Peter or uh, uh, Rob Paulson is amazing. Uh, the other names like uh, uh, Frank Welker and um, Peter Cullen, uh, Peter Cullen, except that like they have them doing most of the voices. Yes. <laughs> yeah, doing, like, like Peter Cullen is like three roles, six <laughs> roles and. Um, and Jim Cummings is on here too. Uh, Jim Cummings, voice of Darkwing Duck and Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, um, Dave Coulier is Dave in there. Dave Coulier is the uh, second in command. It's voice of, or I guess the target of uh, Alanis Morissette's You Ought to Know. Well, that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. That's the only that thing that I think of. I mean, I think of his uh, hit Nickelodeon show, Out of Control. Mm. But, you know, why don't we do an episode of Out of Control for this show now that I think about it? Guys, if you want this, hashtag, yeah, guys, do Out of Control. Uh, if one of you does it, we're doing the show. Y'all do out. Uh, <laughs> you guys. That'll be a me and Gina episode. <laughs> Somehow without you involved. Um, so let's break in the first episode. It's called War of the Dweebs. This is a send up of a War of the Worlds alien invasion storyline with our heroes, Rude Dog and the Dweebs. I don't even want to call it send up because it doesn't get very far off the ground. It's just they sent. Do they do that for. I always wonder this, like, Pinky in the Brain does this, like, isn't, like, one of them is, like, doing an impression of Orson Welles, basically, is, like... Yes. Yeah. Is that for... Do kids, like, oh, I love War of the Worlds, I'm glad I'm seeing this great parody, or they're just, like, kids don't know this, so they're going to think this is really cool. Like, uh, who is this? Kids know aliens, mm-hmm. and I don't... I just think the writers think they're being mildly clever. Mm. I mean, I just think all the characterizations there, as I could tell, I mean, not all of them, but the ones that really stuck out were just people doing impressions, like the Jack Nicholson oh, dog was, was... It was so basically good. he was doing a Christian Slater impression. I worked Christian Slater first, and then I looked at <laughs> Wikipedia, then it was like, it's Jack Nicholson. I was like, oh, yeah, but isn't he doing that impression anyway? Yeah. <laughs> can, can we hear a little bit of that one, too, since Why? we're going for all the things? I want all the polls. Hey, look out, Winston. Why don't you watch it? The, the, the send-up is it's Halloween, or nearing Halloween, a few days to Halloween, and I'm just getting introduced to these characters here. You always tell yourself, every episode of something is going to be somebody's first episode of that property. And I, I have to remind Chan of that repeatedly as he just doesn't want to intro the show. For example, when we do this show, Chan. No, there's no new listeners on the show. Every show has a first-time listener attached to it. Always remember that. And so um, the one, he, I don't know any good way to say it, but there's like this dog is like playing with his pet cow and calling it a scare cow. It's like a little toy cow. And, 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 and I felt bad for him. I didn't feel good about watching him yes, playing with this plastic cow. I, I believe he's the one, the uh, episode that I saw... He was like having flashbacks. Oh, I no. think I, I, I'm was not sure. I'm not sure if this is intended to convey uh, developmentally disabled or like straight up PTSD. Oh my god! Um, it's worse than I even thought. It was real weird when yeah. I saw it. I was like, th- uh, okay, because he's a like a grown. He's like a grown dog. Yeah, and he's very childlike. Yeah, and it made me very uncomfortable for where we were going. Like that's the beginning of the show. Yeah, because that's immediately what I was like, what is Root Dog's relationship with these other dogs who seem his age or older? <laughs> but he doesn't, Root Dog doesn't seem to care about them because he's so, he's like rude to them. Right. But he's still. He's, no, he's a Root takes... Dog with a heart of gold. Oh. That's what you got to understand yeah, I, about. I kind of saw him in like a Fagin role from Oliver Twist in that he has them picking pockets on the streets for him and mm. then bringing it back to the, to the, to the driving company. To the delivery service. Clearly, that's not the case. Like, 
yeah none of these others can be trusted to deliver packages which is their mainstay yeah it's it's all very upsetting. Um, okay, so just a, a couple of plot points here for what it's worth is because uh, uh, we have to set up how this episode. Basically, here's the deal. Okay, this episode posited that they wanted a moment where Rude Dog showed up in an alien costume, and the people in the house thought there was an actual alien invasion happening. Sure, and then they worked backwards writing it for the entire episode to get us to that moment, which then ultimately netted nothing. <laughs> A non-interesting moment when it did happen. That's, a, that's why I feel like nothing happened to me. When I watched it, I was like, what? Yeah, no question. This is an 11-minute is... segment that yeah. contains filler. Like, there's yes. multiple uh, segments of them, like, going to the costume shop, and then, like, just so you know, we're going to buy alien suits to scare our friends. Okay, cut back. Cut back again. We've got the alien suits yep. that we're going to scare our friends with. Yep. Like... And like I, I couldn't tell if that was uh, network suits being like, yeah, but a kid's gonna understand that they're gonna buy alien suits to scare their friends with. Hey, capiche? Oh, hey, capiche? <laughs> or was it just like, oh god, we've only got eight minutes uh, of animation here, and we've got to fill the entire segment? Yeah. Let's just hit these few points again. Yeah, I. So essentially, we have all this ex, ex- dialogue, all this uh, 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 exposition. And so it says, hey, you guys, we need costumes because it's almost Halloween. Oh, nobody has them. Don't worry. We can, you know, we'll get them along the way. Plot point set up. Hey, old guy, old dog, you're in charge. Oh, you know, oh, I like to watch the news. Oops, it accidentally turned to an alien invasion movie and nobody knew what was going on. Oh, now we think we're in an alien invasion world because we're so confused by War of the Worlds happening with Orson Welles. Back in the 20s or what have you. And combine the two together, guys. They stopped after getting the delivery to get alien costumes. And then they thought there was an alien invasion going on. And then there was hijinks, which didn't really ensue. It's like, I think because uh, I did not see a lot of 80s cartoons growing up. I feel like um, there was always... lessons in the cartoons that i they tried to i was like what do we learn from this sometimes it, uh yes. and basically it was sort of an out to uh um uh like we can get away with more stuff if we pretend there's like a moral here and so they'll slide some stuff in either just like sort of lay it over the top or they're just being lazy and like i don't know let's teach kids not to cross the street without looking both ways um hey but- kids don't lie to your friends it, it's moral I, capiche if this show um were done 15 years later they would have taken the war of the worlds thing and made it um real specific and smart and uh put in like real uh solid jokes so that adults watching who actually know what the world war of the worlds reference is would be like ha, that's pretty funny like the kids don't understand this but i get it Whereas, like, in the 80s, that didn't really exist. Like, the cartoons were just for kids. Mm. And they made no attempt to make it um, a quality family experience. And they understood that the parents were not watching what the kids were watching. So they could put any bullshit they wanted on TV. As long as it was animated and moved around and was colorful, that settled it. It's like kid YouTube. Yes. Kind of, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Oh, my God. That's why, like, uh, this War of the Worlds thing isn't, uh, like, a, a... cool cultural reference it's uh oh we can just steal this we're just gonna steal the story 
It's the yeah. core of most of these episodes. Exactly. Um, okay, so we just—I mean, I'll just cut—I'll just kind of jump around a little bit here. But I got really upset because I really thought the the second in command dog, and not second in command dog, kind of this yippy dog that goes with rude dog on this delivery that he's going on, and he's sort of like he's very much like an apprentice, uh, very much like a yes man, very much like a people tweak? pleaser. Twe- the yellow little chihuahua. That's yeah. Tweak. Yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. I swear to God, the entire episode I thought his name was Twink, and I got very very upset. Okay. Yeah, that that's a very different read. Very very yep. different, and that's a different take on that character motives and actions if you think his name is twink and you think boy they really did not care they really thought parents were not watching the show i think twink is a later uh you know what no i i can't say that i don't know we don't know mm. i mean i don't know it like, just, i feel like the the by the time i had heard it clearly it had been in gay culture for much longer so no doubt maybe by this time that was a thing it oh, just, yeah he was a little dog too that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. i see yeah. that yeah, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't until this half this 15 minute episode was over and, and i kind of just like i actually went and looked up the character names because i'm like please dear god don't be twink this would be very and then it was tweak t-w-e-e-k right and i was like Still not good because tweaking is also a terrible thing. Sure, we should not be referencing in a children's cartoon. But the fact that we're not knee deep in a, a real racist Mexican accent—that's a win. Yeah. That's a win. You know what? Okay, could have been so much. Could have been worse. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oof. Let's give Rude Ducks and the Dwee some credit. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the first and only time that will have ever been said. <laughs> There's some nice things I had to say about it. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, um, here's the deal. Uh, since what? I've basically told you the entire plot of this, <laughs> we can we can uh, hear some nice things about Rude Dog in the in the uh, in this episode, War of the Dweebs. Well, the only thing, I mean, this is the first. I I put. Well, at least all the dogs look different. Like I know okay. they okay. all have like yep. distinct character designs. Yep. So that's fun. That's I, the only thing I think was good. I, <laughs> okay. I okay. didn't hate that. Um, and it would have been nice again, like to have it have been fleshed out a little better. To just had the jokes been a little bit smarter. Because the um, honestly, I didn't care for the design uh, because it was based on a goddamn T-shirt. It's like, an. Yeah, it's an assault on the senses, the whole thing. Because it's like, because <laughs> yeah. ads are supposed to be like, look at me, look at me, look at me. But you're not supposed to look at that for 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I oh, would say that, uh, first off, let's just say Rude Dog is a hideous monstrosity. Just so sharp. He's got two yeah. giant ears that stick up in the air at very sharp angles. Yeah, it's it's a fuck you, mom, is what the t-shirt is. <laughs> yeah. And to turn that into a cartoon, like, you gotta, you gotta a real fine line there to make that work and they just decided to just make it dopey and that's good enough there's really no line they just sort of sit on the line and they're like i don't know i'm here it's fine if Klasky chupo had done this it would have probably been okay it's i mean it's not that far off from Duckman. uh and then following oh god uh, you're right yeah rugrats after that oh wow why didn't? Well, I'm glad of glad because uh, he would have been wasted on this property. Yeah, yeah. there would be no Duckman or uh, Rugrats if this had been their first thing. So uh, fast forward to the end of this particular uh, episode. So they show up with the alien costumes, which are remarkable. Like these alien costumes are maybe the best costumes I've ever seen in the way that they're just standing in it. And it's sort of just like is much bigger and flubity the costume is than the actual characters inside. Yet when they talk, fully formed mouths where their ch- like stomachs would be. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Or go- that was real, real weird because then they take off the costumes or just like open the mouth and we're just in here. It's like how much commitment to the bit did you guys have in these costumes to force the giant mouth flap to talk in line with your own talking? Good job, Rude Dog and Tweak. Tweak. Yeah. 
they must be a hell of money on this uh, delivery, delivery service to be able to afford that kind of. Why quality. a delivery? Ser- like I don't think, like if it's like a if it's to promote surfwear or it, skatewear, uh, why does he a delivery this man? Is, Do kids like so that? So he can have a cool car. They're selling weed. I mean, I this assume they're selling weed. One hundred percent, they're selling. Oh, it's a rude, rude dog. He's a rude dog. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. And you notice he never say what the contents of this is. I have a delivery. Yeah. I have a package to take. take. I think the subtext is there. Yeah. To other dogs? Is this a world where they're like, yeah. Okay. And that's the next question I had. Thank you for bringing <laughs> it up, Ryan. Now, do we... I didn't watch all the episodes. I only watched the two for today. Now, my question is, <laughs> is this a world of just animals? In which case, weird. But also, if there's humans in this world, also weird. So are there, we didn't see any humans in either of these two episodes, to no. my knowledge. The, the newscaster. The newscaster. For the, thank okay. you. Yeah. This that is a world one. with humans. Yes. Oh, yes. thank God. Still weird. Even like, weirder. Because... Yeah. That dog is driving a car. Yeah. Yeah. The dog went to the DMV, like, took a test with a presumably human in the car with wait, him. Wait, wait. Do you think Rude Dog has a license? I mean... It's his business. He doesn't need to prove he can drive to anybody. And he's rude. And he's rude. He's so why would he go, get one? He's going to get pulled over. He's going to get pulled over. Let's, and he constantly has weed on him. He's got to have a license. I mean... <laughs> well, he, maybe it's in California in the year 2019. <laughs> he looks like he would have harder drugs than weed, honestly. Oh, yes. His, based Un- on his design? No, he does them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he... Well... The hard drugs are for Rude Dog. <laughs> I think he's delivering psychedelics. That's what I think. It explains his face. Mellower experience for everybody. It's laid back. I could, I could dig that. Um, so the whole thing culminates in they set a giant net trap uh, near the back door, which they forgot to board up because they boarded up every other door and window. And Rude Dog comes in. They all get scared and all the dweebs fall in this net and then they get suspended. And then they find out that it's not actually an alien invasion. They just watched a movie. And that is literally the end of the episode. Joe will return after these Guys, that was 11 minutes of very little plot. Cobra Rattler. And I just wrote here a little bit myself. You know, this is awful. <laughs> Introducing the Cobra Rattler. Uh, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then we'll come back with part two of Window here at North Tech Podcast. Cobra Rattler comes with Pilot. Other G.I. Joe and Cobra figures and equipment sold separately from Hasbro. Now, back to G.I. And we're back. Hey, wow. That was, hope you guys enjoyed that rude dog commercial I just put in there. And I assume I put a rude dog commercial in there. Wow. Maybe two. I don't, what, for the show or for like, uh, if, I, I, if, I, if I found one for t-shirts or anything at all involving rude dog, I guarantee it went in there. If not, it was just a GI Joe toy commercial. Also a delight. Because, uh, what was it? Uh, rude dog's not the brand. He's just the mascot for like a, 
It was like the name of the brand. Oh. It was like Rude Dog. And then it was just him with the ears and the face and the colors. And he'd be riding a skateboard, maybe even wearing a t-shirt with his own face on it. If I don't mm. even know. Chandler, what? you got some of these logos. Could you could you break down some of the Rude Dog logos for us? Oh, the, I, I wasn't even looking for that. I mean, I suppose I could. Well, I'll uh, start the episode, and then you cut in when you find something good, oof. right? Yeah, these are. Oh, boy, you're already there. I mean, they're they're bold. They're bright. They're. Oh, jeez. That dog they're, is. They're only meant to be seen as a shirt, yep. not 30 minutes. Yeah, there's no narrative to this. <laughs> that, that's not a design meant for movement. No. no it's no, a no. shirt. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, I I am I am a rude person. You can tell because of my shirt. You know, I can say right now though, I'm so glad that Rude Dog happened in 1989 and not 30 years later in 2019 because there is no question in my mind Rude Dog would be the new mascot of some sort of far right political organization oh. that hates immigrants. Like a the Pepe, he would be like the new Pepe of a new generation. They and kids at home, if you're part of the far right and you want an idea, start wearing old Rude Dog T-shirts, and that could be your way to be like, ha ha! I hate people who look different than me, Rude Dog. Also, yeah. you look like an idiot, so that's yeah. kind of really the reason I'm promoting this. I would yeah. enjoy seeing that. <laughs> I just really don't want Rude Dog. I know I owe nothing to this character. I don't want to see him turn into a far right icon. Even <laughs> he might already be one. I I'm yeah, sad. I'm sure I, I'm picturing poor Pepe being dethroned. Do you think there's like someone out there who was like really passionate? Like there's someone there's some everything is for someone, right? So maybe someone saw this as a kid and like this is my favorite show. Is that possible that someone first off? Yes. We've seen people that were very excited about. I just remember uh, who was it very excited about uh, uh, David the Gnome. I think that was Teresa. Teresa, very excited about Maya the Bee and David the Gnome and yeah, shows yeah. that I watched when I was a kid and had no particular desire to see again or opinion of. She loved them. There is these are for everybody. Mm. Rude Dog is for everyone, not just the far right. Thank you. <laughs> but I think we can all agree that if you still love Rude Dog in 2019, you are a Nazi. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I uh, the logic is right there. Yeah, laid yeah. out very clearly. Okay, I feel good about this. So let's talk about the better plot episode. I would say, uh, dweebs wow, in only space by default. <laughs> I, you know, I found myself enjoying this episode considerably better than the one previous to it. So let's do it. Satch is the special dog that I, I very uh, I'm concerned about. And he wants to be a messenger, and every one of the dweebs is like, okay, give him a chance. Let him deliver something. You've never given him a chance. Maybe he's good at this. They were pushing real hard, real and I hard. don't understand. It's it's pretty obvious, <laughs> like, from every single thing he says and does, that he is not equipped he's, for this. He's not ready for this job. He yeah. would not do the interview well. Yeah, that's always the weird thing about... Um in like comedies in general when there's like a character that like their their whole shtick or their game is that they're dumb at a certain point it gets so extreme you're like i'm just like worried about you <laughs> that happens in like for even like in a maybe more esteemed show like parks and rec i was like at a certain point i was like andy <laughs> dwyer is like i'm just like legit concerned for your safety at some point like it was like upsetting at some point like you can't Live like this. There's no way to be. Um, so he, they give him a package, and everybody's telling me, let him go. Like, they don't, obviously, um, it's only Rude Dog's business. They do not have a stake in the business because they do not seem to care if these packages get delivered or not. And he ends up going into Satchel, and Satchel ends up going to the closet 
thinking he's leaving and then doesn't understand when the door opens back to the garage. Cute bit. I thought that that was maybe a good joke, but like, is that a good joke? <laughs> I think I think the way he sold it made it acceptable, but it yeah. still made me very upset. I think it's because the bar was so low for jokes. I was like, oh, this looks like a joke. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. <laughs> Well, they end up sending him outside, and they say, follow the signs. Mm-hmm. And we find out there's an evil blue cat. Uh, this one should be named Tweak. You should be named Tweak. <laughs> I wrote the, the cat as a name. Nobody cares. Um, it's Seymour. Seymour, the evil cat. Frank Welker again. Frank Welker. And he's only got one eye, which is an interesting narrative choice. Um, and so I thought, okay, we could do a fun bit here where, you know, the cat, he follow the signs. The dog is dumb, but knows how to follow directions. And so the cat can put signs and really we could take this bit any one of a number of different directions, which they do, which they like, sort here, of do. Here's a few beats of it. You know, like, yeah, oh no, I, I just meant like, uh, oh, you make me do the, the heavy lifting. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's the, he was going to, uh, do the one way sign falls into the trash, sees the, uh, sign that says, uh, um, Put your litter in here, so he dumps the glue into there, and the cat gets stuck. Cat's uh, already in there. Cat's now a mess. Yeah, follow the <laughs> sign. That's get fine. It, cat. The one that I actually did like was the uh, blinking walk sign. Walk, walk, walks and stop. That bit works. That bit works. I put that as like that was a good joke. I think I, that yeah. was like the one I was, I was like, fine I, with that. That was literally good. in my notes. I also have a good joke. I circled it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that uh, to be fair though, that was the third bit. So they heightened correctly. Uh, that was the second bit. Oh, well, okay. The yeah. third one was uh, going into the uh, uh, outer space lab. Yeah, that's our plot point. Yeah. Satch goes into the outer space lab because it says dogs wanted on the door. Yeah. Now, Who doesn't want to be wanted? This adds to my questions about this world, though, because they put the word dogs wanted as if trying to attract a dog who can read yep. to then go inside and yep. sign paperwork, mm-hmm. which dogs cannot do in the normal world. Uh, Not legally binding if your dog signs something. Yeah. Definitely, yes. He does sign uh, these papers. They are legally binding. Apparently to the point where they will come get him if he chooses not to show up. That was scary. And Uh, Yeah, because you never see the face of Outer Space Program. What was the name of the... Oh. uh, Outer Space Lab. Outer Space Lab. Just a big old sign that says Outer Space Lab. You don't see the people who run that company at all. You only meet a robot. Yeah, that is like programmed to do their bidding, basically. Yeah. So you don't know if dogs run this space company? Holy shit, that just got a lot creepier. Oh my god. Because here's the thing. The sign says dogs wanted. What they want them for is death. You are going to get shot up into a rocket that's just going to land without a parachute. This is the plan that they're told. So the expectation is you will not survive this. Yeah. Guys, it just occurred to me. And if dogs are running it, like dogs are trying to kill other dogs? They don't actually interact with any humans. We find an old movie with a human in it. We also find a newscast that we don't know is being broadcast live. This could be an old recording of an old newscast. This could be post-apocalyptic America, and all the humans are dead, and the dogs have mutated. I thought you were going to go like a Dharma Initiative kind of thing, like uh, the whole setup, and they're in purgatory. I mean, also good. I mean, to be fair, I felt like I was in purgatory watching these cartoons. Um, Okay, Uh, my brain melting aside. Or it could be run by cats. They could be trying to kill, except the fact that uh, the uh, cat ended up uh, getting on the uh, rocket instead. I mean, spoiler alert to the end of this episode. uh, (laughs) Mm. 
Yes, I am spoiling it so you don't have to watch this thing. I, One listener is pissed. <laughs> I was going to watch that before I listened to this podcast I'm talking ep- about it. I'm on episode three. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so one part I really did appreciate was, okay, so he signed up and then... Uh, uh, Reginald, the 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 Jack Nicholson dog, d- calls the NASA basically and says, "I'm going to take the place of this other dog." And NASA's like, "Yeah, great. Uh, it's your contract now. Cool. Uh, that's just how things work in this world." And yeah, because you're signing up to die. Yes. No. This is okay. There was a lot of confusion. Memento Mori. It seemed like you were being shot into space to then float in space in a capsule forever. Is that not what the gig seemed to entail? Uh, no. 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 Like I said, specifically, the plan was you would get shot up seven miles into space. Right. Um, but then, but when it actually happens, they come back down to Earth and supposedly land in the ocean. But I, in my mind, when they first signed that contract, that's not what was going on. As agreed, upon reaching a height of seven miles, your rockets will shut down and your capsule will plummet to Earth without a parachute. And that was, that was at the end, though. Oh, you're saying it. I'm saying at the very beginning, that in my mind, they made it seem like it was like they're shooting you into space and then bye. Never never coming back again. Didn't they say something well, to that effect in the episode? Like it's, they figure out that it means you're going to die. Yes. There could be any number of... They could get chopped up by knives in space. You know, it doesn't matter. You're going to die. I assume they just thought he was going to die. He's like, he's, you know... Uh, what, just a what broken heart? Uh, <laughs> you know, like, Satch doesn't do well just like on earth he's not gonna make it up in space maybe like another more capable dog that's fair survive. Oh, okay maybe that's okay. why they're like we're worried about him but i yeah. guess they were still worried about reggie going into space also but reggie's kind of a dick right i mean he's the jack nicholson dog and he literally because he thinks that satch signed up for something good literally usurps him and tries to take it away from him yeah that's a real dick, move, dick especially move. if you're living in a like a house with seven other people right mm. what is this the real world yes it's my reality TV reference for the day. Thank you. I mean, maybe that's where Real World came from because it was just a few years later. Could have just Real World is a ripoff of the Rude Dog cartoon. Rude Dog and the Dweebs. Wow. So what's Road Rules a ripoff of? Uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw holds up. Wait, is this something? Um, what happens when people uh, what stop being real and start being rude? <laughs> what's the tag? <laughs> Is that something? Uh, yes, Nailed that is 100% it. correct. Mm. Uh, in fact, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> I didn't know. The bit that I liked, though, was the fact they say, okay, he still has to pass his NASA tests in order for this to go through. Mm-hmm. So Rude Dog, in keeping with his anti-school agenda, says, let's go flunk some tests. And I found that to be very on brand for this character, but still being done in a good and helping your friends kind of way. I, I, I appreciated that that's the angle that they took. Um, it made it come together to me like a delicious Snickers bar. Satisfying, yet also full of peanuts. Mm. Mm. (laughs) So we meet the robot tester, and the first test is the centrifuge test. And, oh, the cat's going to mess this up, too. So they're trying to fail the test so that way he doesn't get shot into space. The cat... uh, I'm very confused at the cat's motivation... Because he wants them to pass the test. So they can die in space. <laughs> so he'll die in space. Yes. But then also the cat thinks he'll be famous too. Uh, no, the cat doesn't figure that, doesn't think they'll be famous till later. Okay. At this point, the cat is still trying to get him to pass the test. So shuts off the uh, the cameras. So they put a camera in there and they're going to watch uh, 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 
Reggie in the centrifuge. And if he has a hard time in the centrifuge, then they're going to fail him. Mm-hmm. So they just say, they say, what do I do? We'll just go in there and you're going to fail it because this sucks and you're not going to want to do it. So the cat removes the camera, causing a technical difficulty, which I, because there was a technical problem, they just pass him. Yeah, that's. NASA's very sloppy. <laughs> well, this is Outer Space Lab. Outer Space Lab. This is NASA's, unfortunately, Betamax competitor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Betamax, for the record, was a superior technology to VHS. It was. They were just uh, poorly marketed. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Don't worry about it, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, the youngsters. Mm. <laughs> Tell me something about this generation. Uh, Explain slime. slime to me, yeah. Slime. No, that I... Everything goes so fast now, honestly. I don't know what's <laughs> happening with slime. No, I you know, I look forward to like the the beam with the lady shouting and the cat behind the table eating the dinner and they argue about pronouncing words and license plates and stuff. You guys have seen this all over the place. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is it weird that it's like been maybe five days since that became everywhere and now it's our all of a sudden like going away? It's like the world we live in, memes man. come and go so fast right now. They get instantly popular. They get overexposed, and then they go away in the span of like forty-eight hours in our culture right now. I'm already tired of posting Baby Yoda memes. That lasted half a day, and they're so great. There's Baby Yoda, so cute. Baby Yoda is great. Those memes you've been posting all day. Ah, yeah. There's only a couple that I actually would post on my own. But you, you committed to the bit. I, I, I commit to a bit, and that's the one thing you need to know about me. What you guys need to know. Okay, so here's the deal. Just really quick. Uh, Robert Clark Chan loves Baby Yoda from The Mandalorian. Spoiler alert. And he said, I will post any Baby Yoda meme I find all day. I will post it. And so people, including myself, started tagging him in really, really weird ones. Really janky ones, man. Really bad ones. Are they getting, is Baby Yoda getting to, like, minions level of, you know how, like, they'll just put a minion in anything? Here's the thing. I still love Baby Yoda. These memes are trash, but I still am super looking forward to uh, uh, watching the next episode and seeing him big old eyes. And, you and, know. He's and, little. And to the record, not yet. Be- only because they, they, they held back on Baby Yoda merchandise until the Mandalorian came out because they didn't want to spoil the reveal. I and was, I appreciate their commitment to I that. I was reading a thing that's saying that they'll come up tomorrow, like that this oh, no. Friday. They waited, a, you know, for literally the day it came out, they were just like, rush it all out there. You <laughs> yeah, know? I just imagine at the uh, Galaxy's Edge in like uh, Disneyland that there's just like a whole warehouse full of Baby Yodas they've just been sitting on. <laughs> oh my gosh, what if, what, oh, what if Baby Yoda's walking around Galaxy's Edge? That's how they're going to bring in the tourists. Chan, would you be there? Yes. No question. You'd be there without Baby Yoda. I, I would leave my point. kid here so I can go do that. Oh, yeah. my God. I want so badly for Baby Yoda to talk normally, because then we'll find out that Yoda's like just doing a bit talking backwards. <laughs> what if not all Yodas talk backwards? <laughs> Hashtag not all Yodas. Not all Yodas talk backwards. <laughs> I say, and I, I, I've said I want this on the record somewhere. Uh, when they eventually, and they will, I'm 100% sure they will reveal Yoda's race. They will name the race somewhere during the Mandalorian season one. And I guarantee you, I'm putting it on the record right now, they will be known as the Yodarians. And Yoda just being a, a racist nickname for the Yodarian. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, I am, I'm predicting it. I'm putting it on the record. Mm. When they call them Yodarians, I just want all the internet dab and high fives in the world. That's all I'm saying. Yodarians. The Yodarians. 
Fair enough. My uh, friend Darian will be very displeased by this <laughs> if that turns out to be the case. Oh, because then it's going to be t-shirts with Baby Yoda, and it's going to say, yo, Darian. And you'll buy it. They're all they're sitting on a mountain of those t-shirts also <laughs> at Disneyland, <laughs> waiting Jen, to roll them out. I know you'll buy one. Don't you even sit here. And, he's giving me that look. You know you'd buy it. You know you'd buy it. No, because I still have a, uh, a Happy Catch uh, t-shirt in my closet that I won't, won't ever wear again. That's fair. It's fair. Okay, so we're right towards the end of this terrible episode of Rude Dog. Uh, uh, so we have the second task. He passes centrifuge test to technical difficulties. The parachute test, he has to drop from seven miles above and land on an X. And they're like, great, you suck at parachuting. You don't know how to do this. But the cat moves the X underneath the parachute. He passes. Oh, no. Oh, crap. Moving forward. <laughs> the, now, now suddenly the cat wants to be famous and so uh, because the, the rude dog and the crew stage a ruse they read a play knowing the cat's listening they read a one act they got, they got scripts out yeah. and they literally read it saying like but you'll be famous and so the cat gets on board the shuttle and they go great now the cat can go there instead of our friend capsule goes up falls seven feet supposed to fall into the ocean and this is where I thought road dog was kind of a dick just uh, now road dog Road Dog, Jesse James. Okay, just checking. <laughs> uh, Rude Dog was, uh, I mean, to be fair, same thing. Also, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so is because the, the capsule's supposed to fall in the ocean harmlessly on an X. And because, like, it's not bad enough that they've tricked this cat and effed with him and really just, like, gotten him to take a bullet for them, basically, potentially putting his life at stake. They decide to move the X from the relative safety of the ocean onto dry land. Literally, that's attempted murder. Attempted murder. And even when it drops and the cat gets scrambled inside, is Rude Dog express concern? No. What does Rude Dog say? Don't worry about Seymour. Cats have nine lives, you know. Of course, after that landing, you only have about three left. That's That's dark as hell. That's a sextuple homicide yeah. <laughs> that he just committed. <laughs> we killed this cat so good, he lost six of his lives. <laughs> six lives to the murder we just implemented. And the cat's fine. I mean, I guess he's a cartoon character. He survives. Right. But, like, they tried to kill him, and I was not okay with that. I mean, they tried to kill him. Also, Outer Space Lab tried to kill them. Uh, yeah. Nobody, nope. There's culpability to go around here. This is a, that's why it's a po- maybe it's a post apocalyptic world. That's, that's what I'm why going it's. For, yeah. I mean, pun intended. It's, I guess dog eat dog. People are just like going. <laughs> people are just going crazy out here. I mean, it feels a little like an itchy and scratchy world. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know if that is post apocalyptic or if it's just sort of a. Uh, it's a nightmare. It's a uh, nightmare scenario. It is sort of hell. Like a, a Beckett- it's in hell. A Beckettian. Uh, yeah, okay. World. Mm. I feel like the post apocalyptic thing might work too because, like, you know how like the outer space program mm-hmm. they only see a robot so like maybe the humans who made this robot are dead and yeah. the, the robot is running things yeah. guys i'm gonna take poorly i'm gonna take a deep dive on uh rude dog i'm gonna watch every episode of it and i'm gonna have a lot of time coming up chan i just left my job <laughs> uh i just want to throw in a plug here for uh the teenage ninja turtles role-playing game from palladium great game which was indeed set in a post-apocalyptic future so that you could then have any sort of mutant animal you wanted they just had a 
lot of different uh, um, uh, a lot of different species to choose from. Yes, would have different uh, abilities. Also, one of the most easily broken character creation systems, the Palladium one, and that one in particular, uh, compared to anything you could do. We played that when I was in middle school, and I have to. Ang- I'm still angry about this, so I need to get it out because um, I made a character uh, in the spirit of the game. I made like a, a simple character. He was a, a beaver. And uh, and he did a little hand to hand combat, and I was like, "Cool!" And I kept it. I kept it real. I kept it where it should be. Uh-huh. And then when I go to join the session, because we're all thirteen year old shits, yep. every other person in there, and the DM didn't care. Every person had the most overpowered, ridiculous characters yep. to the point where my character just died every 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 encounter because the encounters had to be ridiculous because everybody cheated for their level one characters. They power game. There's a difference. Oh, it's no. They were outright cheating in this and what i would say is the part that made me mad was one guy played an octopus okay he was a mutant octopus and he carried eight world war ii style medium machine guns which require (laughs) two to three people to shoot one of them on the combat scenario he carried eight of them why because one uh uh, it fit in his weight limit because he was very strong but two, he he decided he could move around and shoot all eight simultaneously because he had eight limbs and I said, I how the fuck do it. you walk? Right. Rolling around on your head, I guess. I guess. Hover pod. But when you have a bad DM who allows those things to happen. Hold on. Hold on. A, a mutant oh, shit, octopus okay. on a skateboard with eight 50 oh, caliber God. machine guns mm-hmm. firing at the same time. Uh, I guess like kind of like how, uh, you know, you hold things in your hands. You could use your elbows. Your <laughs> octopus elbows to sort of like push you along. It's one of uh, the most upsetting things I've ever seen in a role-playing game. And obviously, <laughs> look, I'm old now. It's been... A, literally, that game took place when Rude Dog came out. <laughs> and I'm still angry about it. Yeah, you know That's what? where I am as a person. I was going to mock you. And uh, yeah, I've been there. And I feel that. I feel your pain. This is uh, something that, that a very specific subset of our audience can relate to. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And the people who are getting it are howling with joy right now because yeah. you really got because it. Because they all, they all had the same thing. You're like, God damn, <sighs> fucking Mike. Mike <laughs> created that goddamn character. Yeah, yeah. mine was Andrew. Oh. Mm-hmm. A fucking Andrew Ooh. did that to me. Kids these days don't have that experience anymore. They're playing with slime. <sighs> They're watching kid YouTube. They're not using their imaginations anymore. They're better off. No, here's the thing. They're playing Minecraft. They're fine. Like every the people split up that generation thing. Like ah, oh, kids uh, today don't have it as tough as we did. Like emotionally, they are having those same experiences. It's just the slime, and I don't understand how that works. Like maybe someone uh, made a kind of slime that was more glittery than the other person, and they brought it to school and like shamed them in front of their entire class and. You know, you you and your inferior slime, you know, you're going to carry that shit with you until adulthood. That's fair. And like, just thinking back. Yeah, like Pogs' is slime is, um, yeah. what is it, Jack's? Is that, was like, what was that ball, thing? A Jack's in a ball? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the same. And before that, it was hoop and stick. <laughs> hoop and stick. Uh-huh. And then just stick. And then kick the can. Yeah. Someone had a whack can. <laughs> your can's not as good as my can for kicking. It's all the same. Look at that huge dent in your can. What are you, poorer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the depression really uh, made some weird shit came out of there. <laughs> and that's our show, yeah, everybody. Wow. I don't know how. I don't know how. I just don't know how. That's all I'm going to say about this episode. I don't know how. Brian, 
Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Uh, tell people at home uh, where they can find you, social media, and shows you want to plug. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah, let's uh, do it. Let's, let's, let's see. Let's go for it. Let's do it all. Uh, social media, at Brian Inseong. Uh, that's B-R-I-A-N-I-N-C-I-O-N-G. Twitter, Instagram. You can find that stuff. I have my podcast, Sweet Virgin Brian. It's available wherever you get podcasts. There's a, handles for that, at Virgin Brian Pod. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can see my sketch team, Nobody Yell at Me, every second Sundays at the Pack Theater, 9.30. Fun sketches. We have fun guests who do stand-up or music or what have you. It's a fun time. Comedies, we love art. Because comedy is art. <laughs> I said it, and I don't regret it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a true statement, so I mean, I would feel, I would feel good about saying that. Yes. Who's out Scandalous. there being like comedy? I don't know if that's art. Uh, me. Besides Martin uh, Scorsese. A lot of people. Me, depending on how I feel about what I'm doing. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. It's it's the fart ratio. It's how many fart jokes you have in a given hour. Can't spell fart without art. Show enough. Chan, do you have anything you'd like to plug? <laughs> also fat. You can't spell fart without fat. Or tar. Or raft. But if you fart what? and there's tar, that's a bad fart. Aft. It's diarrhea, I think. Sorry, what was the question? Chad, do you want to plug anything? Social media, <laughs> projects. Nah. You've got a baby. I'm going to plug my baby. Plug your baby. Come look at my baby. He's what? headlining what at the improv. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a question actually I have for you, Chad. Real quick, um, are you going to get Egon auditions? Are you going to try to get him as a child actor? A lot of people in this town do that with their children, and they all seem to get booked all the time. Yeah. That is a question. I think it's just going to have to be, he's going to have to ask for it. Yeah. Uh, and if he does, you know, like, yeah, more power to you. I'm in the same boat. I just would feel bad if my, if my two, at that point, three-year-old kid has made it much further in this town than I have. (laughs) There's going to be a part of me that will be a little bitter. (laughs) I'm just saying. I was Uh, was totally aside from the show. I apologize. I know it's super late. I was just curious. I'm prepping him for a life in podcasting. I mean, uh, how, what choice does he have? Yeah. Maybe yeah. podcasting. Uh, What's going to be great is when our kids do a podcast 20 years from now about cartoons that came out right now. Wow. <laughs> that is not the pod- what the podcast is going to be about. It's going to be knowing it's, it's after about, podcast again. It's about dealing with the trauma of their dumb, dumb <laughs> fathers. Uh, by the way, go... a support group than a podcast. <laughs> Uh, WW Recap is a uh, another podcast I do. Where there we, we go. Uh, do some uh, wrestling stuff. Check it out. Fantastic. Uh, and you can always check me out on the Who Would Win show. Uh, myself and James Gavsey debate fictional characters and who would win in a fight uh, between you know people from different sci-fi, fantasy, movies, comic books, all of the above. And so the most recent episode we just did was Red Hood versus Judge Dredd. What an episode. Go check it out. Ooh. That's whowouldwinshow.com. Oh, wow. It's, it's a good show. I, I, I recommend it to people. You should probably check it out. It's a good time. And uh, let's do some social media for the show. Facebook.com slash knowing it's half the podcast. Patreon.com slash knowing it's half the podcast. If you want a t-shirt, just do it. You'll probably get one at some point. <laughs> and access to our vault that has over like 50, 60 some odd things. And we're going to, now that now that I've quit my job, everybody, and I'm not working 100 hours a week, we're going to do more stuff with the Patreon again. I appreciate you sticking with us for the last couple months when it was a little dry. A little dry. You can't spell uh, try without... Without try. Dr.
The T is silent. (laughs) Otherwise, you can check us out on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast or myself individually. I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPM. And that is our show. Brian, thank you again for doing the show. Check out uh, the Brian Virgin Podcast. Ask a virgin. I don't have it written down in front of me anymore. Sweet virgin, Good Brian. God, I'm man. the worst host in the world. It's all right. It's fine. Check out Brian on the Sweet Virgin Brian podcast. He literally does not remember that you just uh, pimped it like two minutes ago. No, that's fine. It's fine. It's late. It's late. <laughs> Rude dog. Rude there's, dog. Look, there's still 40 minutes before the Mandalorian drops, so I got time to kill. <laughs> What do you want to do? You want to play some games? (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Yo, dudes, get rude. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, Am I the Winner? Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like Robocop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com.